Welcome to Brain Milk Podcast. I'm Jack McIntyre. And I'm Adrian Polk. And today we're talking about the Republican Party and what does the party even mean anymore. Uh, looking back at things they've said in the past, like things uh, like the Republican Party, the party of fiscal responsibility, uh, small government, and uh, the party of all lives matter. So uh, let's get into it. Um, so first off, uh, do you think the Republican Party should still be the party of fiscal conservative and fiscal responsibility, or should the Democrats actually deserve that label more? Yeah, should Democrats take that mantle from them? Because you know Trump is bragging so much about this being the greatest economy ever, and everyone's so uh, prosperous. But it's amazing that Donald Trump has made the, uh, the deficit worse. He's added to the debt in a major way. So it's just kind of ironic that despite having, you know, the best economy ever, he hasn't taken a penny off of our debt. Well, that's, it's not just kind of uh, unusual. Yeah, it's not just Trump either. So if you look back at George W. Bush, right? So Clinton had record, you know, budget surpluses at the end of the 90s. And, uh, you know, the first year George W. Bush uh, was in office, he had a, a pretty sizable budget surplus. So Republicans immediately cut taxes. And then the next year, you know, part of it was 9-11, but the tax cuts also ruined the, uh, the budget surplus and actually went negative again. So if you look at the last 20 years, uh, you pretty much have, um, you know, Democrats fixing budget problems and making it better and then republicans kind of going back on it and ruining it so you know you have bush created a tremendous amount of debt and then at the end of his presidency the economy crashed obama comes in spent a lot of money to get us out of the recession and then spent the rest of his you know years getting the uh, deficit down uh then yeah, what does trump the deficit do down by like two-thirds and then, yeah exactly you know, even some months we started having some surpluses again yeah uh so the economy was kind of booming in 2016 trump comes in uh immediately cuts taxes and then he starts spending the same amount of money obama was spending during the thick of the recession so what is what exactly is fiscally conservative about you know spending 1.2 1.3 trillion dollars uh, a year. I mean, especially, you know, uh, Trump had been talking about how this is the greatest economy in the history of the country, and he didn't save a penny. That's uh, right. how fiscally yeah. conservative is that? Yeah. Um, what are some of the other uh, kind of mantles the Republicans have long wadded themselves for that Democrats can really kind of uh, take over at this point? Well, I think one of them, you know, could be pro-life. Um, you know, in 2009, when they're debating Obamacare, Republicans wanted to vote against it because they said it would lead to uh, death panels that would kill old people, as if there would be bureaucrats sitting, you know, in a in a court somewhere saying this person doesn't do enough in life. We should let him die. He doesn't right, get health care. Right, some kind of tribunal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then what happened in 2016, you know, they have the, the Black Lives Matter campaign. So Republicans naturally, you know, make it about themselves and white people and they say all lives matter. Um, so if all lives matter, why are we here now in 2020 with Republicans saying old people like should and want to sacrifice themselves to die of coronavirus to bring the economy back? And not just the yeah. economy, because the economy is really not that hurt yet. I mean, we don't have a lot of data right now, but, you know, the stock market is really the thing that's hurting everybody. If, if we were able to well, quarantine... Well, unemployment rates are skyrocketing right now. Again, yeah, but we don't have the data. Presumably, if we could get, in, like, in two weeks the coronavirus to go away, 
um, you know, in theory, all those people would just go back to work and the economy would keep ticking where it was after like a, you know, three week hiatus. But it's really right. about the stock market they're worried about. So it, it's weird to say you're the party of pro-life, uh, but you're kind of wanting old people to die so that your 401k can go up a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very ironic thing. It's not very pro-life of uh, these... It, and it's really weird, too, because it's not even... I mean, it's really just to defend Trump at this point. I mean, yeah, they want the economy back up, but it's really... I mean, Trump has kind of been out front saying these dumb things and insinuating that it's more important for America to you know be back in business. So it really is kind of like from the, uh, the bully pulpit of the presidency, you know, going on TV every day with these press conferences about coronavirus that he's the one kind of like setting this tone of like well maybe um maybe sacrifices are are you know are worthy for you know uh getting the the economy back rolling well that's a weird thing too is like normally you know in the 21st century in the industrialized developed world especially in america the you know quote richest country uh in the history of the planet it's weird that we need to be sacrificing people for anything you know what i mean <laughs> yeah right yeah that's true um yeah. so another thing i think uh another label i think democrats should take is the uh, party of you know country first putting country above politics which you know republicans have said that for for years now you know they say uh you know country first or above politics um what about you know, putting country first as we should, you know, end the quarantine and sacrifice people. Because uh, isn't the country really just the people? Like, if you're putting economy first or stock market first, are you really helping the people? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting thought because, I mean, essentially it comes down to Donald Trump knowing that the stock market has to be up specifically for his, uh, you know, chances of being reelected uh, this November. So it is really weird that you're, you're essentially getting a president, you know, for personal gain. He's just, you know, uh, the idea that so many people are expendable for that, for his end, you know, the, the means justify the ends of him getting reelected. So it doesn't matter if, let's say, you know, like I, I saw somewhere, um, someone was saying that we should have voluntary uh, voluntary infections where people just intentionally get it to try to, you know, <laughs> if everybody gets infected and gets over it and, yeah, we lose like three million people or whatever, at least then we'll have, you know, gotten through it and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But it is really weird, um, you know, like how often in a democracy does the leader... Um, you know, literally hold his, especially his constituents. If you're really talking about like the averages of coronavirus, you know, the most at risk are older people who are most likely to vote conservative. You know, at a certain point, that's Trump's own supporters and voters that he finds uh, expendable. Well, that's very true because, I mean, it's not like old, all old people vote Republican, but a lot of them do. And, you know, a big part of Republicans' uh, vote in 2016 did come from old white people. So it is kind of weird that they are quite possibly literally killing off a lot of their voters who probably otherwise wouldn't have died and would be around to vote for them in 2020. Right. That's not a very I mean, just... uh, strategic electoral strategy. <laughs> Yeah, but again, it's so weird because, you know, I think we talked about this the last podcast or one of the last two, um, you know, like, how does Trump think that it's better for him to have the economy going than like three million people dying? That's it, it's like the weirdest trade off and it's like completely amoral. 
And again, how, how pro-life is that, that you're saying, well, this artificial value of stocks uh, needs to go up. So let's just have, <laughs> let's voluntarily murder, you know, allow, uh, you, know, mil you know, hundreds of thousands of the least of old people to die. Democrats should just run with the pro-life mantle and from now on like any time a Republican calls themselves pro-life let's see let's roll the tapes on all of their uh, <laughs> yeah. interviews on like during coronavirus like when all the Fox News business people say you know the next abortion debate oh we're pro-life it's uh, yeah. well what did you say about the coronavirus <laughs> yeah how, yeah so you're pro-life you just want the fetuses to you know be born and then you know what fuck it just let them die in a in a pandemic as long as the stocks stay high. And again, you know, um, you, the stock market, you know, it's such it's so speculative that once again, with this like downturn, you start realizing that like when Trump's bragging about how well the economy is doing because stock market prices are going up because of their uh, the Republican tax cut plan uh, mm -hmm. two years ago, it's just all artificial growth. You know, obviously <clears throat> you have a little pandemic, a big scare, everyone takes their money out and now suddenly we lose like 10 million millionaires, you know. Well, it's really like weird. Over, almost overnight. Yeah, I mean, you can tell it's speculative because what happened yesterday was the stock market went up like 11%. It was like the best day for the stock market since 1933. So basically what we're saying is in the last 100 years, it's essentially the best day in the stock market's history. Um, and it's so speculative because all that gain was basically the lead up to the stimulus they just passed. So it's kind of weird that the stock market's going up on the stimulus plan uh, when the stimulus plan is only there to try to help and you know mitigate some of the worst parts of this uh, coronavirus. You know what I mean? The, right. uh, I mean, there's still a disaster ahead. We haven't seen the unemployment numbers, but most state governors have already basically tweeted that they're the greatest you know amount of job losses in the the country's history over last week and we'll see what happens this right. week and next week so i mean to think that the stock market just recovered 10 percent because the market's irrational seems a little silly right now right well that's the thing though is that markets really aren't rational because again it's like poker you're not you're not really playing your cards you're playing the other people it's the same thing with the economy you're not really playing the strength of companies you're kind of playing what people what the perception of those companies is and you're going to buy and sell according to what you think other people are you know how those people will react to economic news so the whole idea that like conservatives love to say that the free market knows best, you know, everything works out, you know, on its own, any government oversight or regulation at all will ruin the whole equilibrium of the system. But it, there's there's no equilibrium at all in, uh, you know, this system where you're really just you get a bunch of sociopaths who don't give a shit about companies or the health of the country. They're just literally all about making, you know, 500 bucks that day on a couple day trades based off of the whimsical ebbs and flows of stock prices based on very ignorant people um, just kind of making, you know, purely financial decisions of their own bank account not even the company's uh like actual strength or health or long-term plan you know well you said uh i think you hit the the nail on the head because it's all day and swing trading right so i mean people like to say that the price of the stock takes into account future earnings and like right now looking at the stock market and and companies um you know situation right now do you think next quarter is going to have good or better than expected, you know, company earnings? 
uh, for the next quarter? There's no way. So the fact that you have a lot of companies going up 20% from yesterday, um, I mean, you could make the, the case that some stocks are probably oversold, but like for yesterday, for a stock to go up 20, 30, or even some of them 40%, do you think the next earning season is going to reflect that for this quarter going on right now? Right. And it's the same thing, you know, especially with the day trading, when you get those reports from stocks coming out or from companies. And even though a company will beat the expectations, you know, their own expectations, the stock value will go down because people just, you know, for whatever reason, assumed it would be higher. So they yeah. start, you know, they get they freak out or something during the day, pull out all their money, and it starts this chain reaction where everyone is selling stock of a company that just beat its quarter. You know, it's like literally thriving. It beat its own expectations of its value. And, you know, that it just goes to show that it's not, you know, the free market does not know best. The free market does not make the best, most educated decisions. And it certainly doesn't make the longest thinking, the longest term thinking decisions. Yeah, I mean, you see it all the time in individual stocks, like, for example, Virgin Galactic, like, I don't know why there's any reason for it to swing 50%, 100%, you know, uh, somewhere in that range over a span of multiple days when it's still a company that, A, is not even profitable, um, B, I mean, there's really no outlook right now to think it's going to be that profitable in the near future, um, and you have a stock like that just swinging wildly in value up and down it's 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 just swing trading and people trying to make money right exactly uh what do you have another mantra that republicans always say that uh democrats should take over um well i think part of it uh maybe another one could be uh you know which party is the party of individual responsibility um (laughs) i mean you have democrats saying we need to listen to medical professionals you need to stay at home um, if you are sick, you need to get tested and uh, definitely stay at home. And then, you know, you have people go, you know, go, saying, you know, screw that. I'm going to the beach or, you know, screw that. I'm going to go stock up on all the toilet paper and try to make money. I mean, it's just ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, look at Rand Paul going to uh, going to work at Congress, not telling. Well, he's a libertarian, he too. They're infected. all about that. Yeah. Being the indiv- right. you know, party of individual responsibility. Yeah. And he's like a doctor, like, you know, he went to, he went through medical school. You know? It's how is that like individually responsible and what's individually responsible about, uh, you know, Republicans putting the market ahead of literally hundreds of thousands of people who might uh, die from coronavirus. Well, is that way, individually responsible <laughs> to like, to like break the quarantine, to encourage people to go into like big crowded churches and shake hands with all their neighbors, you know? Oh, yeah, and That's, Trump is saying that he, he's hoping that Easter has everybody going to church together, and it's like, that, right now, yeah. that might not be the best forecast or prediction or Because <laughs> he says Easter is very important to him. Let's, <laughs> can we take a moment and just laugh at the pure ridiculous, you know, I made a post about this the other day, that um, Donald Trump is very obviously, like, the most um, unambiguously atheist president we've ever had. Like, it's just such pandering. He clearly doesn't know the Bible. He doesn't like to pray, obviously. He's weird and awkward. Um, he, he, you know, he, he's asked if he's ever, you know, prayed for forgiveness or anything like that. And he has no shame or humility. You know, like, the 
the literal, the fundamental truth of, you know, of Christianity is essentially that, you know, is like asking for forgiveness for all of your sins and always trying to do better. Well, that's uh, a good point. What about, what it, Trump said, I accept no responsibility. I take no responsibility right. for coronavirus. That'd be actually another great one. Another mantle, another slogan for Democrats to take from Republicans as being the, the party of, you know, Jesus Christ and Christian teachings. You know what I mean? Uh, Because I don't think uh, Jesus would have ever said, you know, something like, oh, don't help the poorest in society. We need the stock market to go up. Like, that's just a ludicrous idea. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jesus would... uh would uh, have some violent thoughts about uh, about that if he saw. Yeah, it's just like that Bible that verse on. where Jesus didn't help the old sick person because he wasn't contributing or paying taxes. <laughs> right, and um, he wasn't a job creator. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you love though if like a reporter asked him like biblical questions? You know, who knows the context of how this would arise? But can you imagine like Donald <clears throat> Trump getting involved in some like theological discussion? You know, he does all these pandering events where he just talks about how great Christians are and, you know, he's the most pro-life president ever. Or how you know. the art of the deal is the second best book to the Bible. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's funny. It's like Donald Trump might be, uh, you know, if, if I was a betting man, I would put money of, out of all the presidents that Donald Trump is the most likely to have had an abortion, <laughs> to have, you know, paid for abortion. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because you said, wouldn't you love to see Trump try to explain Bible verses? But, you know, you could say the same thing for any topic. Like, I would love to see Donald Trump go up there and have a discussion, you know, man to man with uh, Dr. Fauci and and see what kind of truths and, 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 uh, you know, medical advice he'd be able to give. Or could he explain like what could he adequately explain literally what the federal government is doing on the ground to help states and people in, you know, who are affected by it? Right. I mean, could Donald uh, here, Trump explain like uh, what the Fed has been doing? Would he understand how it's helping you know the economy or what it's doing? Yeah, he did have. He made some comment about the Fed uh, like lowering interest rates or something. And his response, I'm paraphrasing, but his response was literally something like, um, "Yeah, the dollar's doing very, very good, but also sometimes when it's too high, it can be bad because then we can't sell our stuff as much, you know, uh, outside of America. So yeah, we want a strong dollar, but not too strong. Uh, blah blah blah. You know, it's just like literally taking both sides of the issue, like he does. You know, people compare him to like the the." the the fifth grader who hasn't read the book and is yeah. doing a book report or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The way he explains everything, he never he never actually takes a side. He kind of hedges on every side of the argument on almost any issue that someone gets him to talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, it's complicated because a rising dollar does kind of hurt our exports because it makes them more expensive. However, right. because of the coronavirus, which he's not adequately responding to, um, the dollar is going to go up because we're the reserve currency. So you have foreigners literally buying U.S. dollars and U.S. treasuries because they're the safest investments there are. So by not responding to coronavirus adequately, you are at, at some point, you know, if countries might open up borders again, but, you know, they're probably going to keep Americans out. They're going to say America is a basket case of coronavirus. They don't have it under control. Um, (laughs) And because if they did open up borders to Americans, you're going to have people who Americans go overseas and re-spread coronavirus to people. Um, Yeah, I know. If America becomes the epicenter, it's like literally we're going to fuck over the rest of the world who's just getting over their cases. Well, I mean, a lot of countries have already gone negative on their interest rates, which basically means if the government 
of those countries and their their central banks put not, not their central banks but their you know treasury departments put out um, bonds for people to buy with negative interest rates no one's going to buy them if they can buy an american bond that actually has a positive interest rate so you're going to mm-hmm. have people buying dollars and buying u.s treasuries um and if we don't uh, solve the coronavirus that's just going to keep happening so it's ironic that he's complaining about the dollar being too strong but it's literally a result of coronavirus getting out of hand which to some degree is our fault um, especially right. going into the future as other countries get their cases down um, I mean I read somewhere that uh, New York City has more people New York City just a city has more people affected by coronavirus than Italy and Italy is like the worst hit country so far <laughs> by right. far um, so, I mean, I think America is going to take that, you know, number one spot of number one country of most affected by coronavirus because of Trump's yeah. response. Oh, we're definitely we're definitely we have the worst trend in the world right now. We mm-hmm. don't have as many cases or deaths yet. But if you look at all of the charts, you know, our trend line is not as high or far to the right because, you know, we've been kind of lucky to have such a head start. Um, but we have the worst trend line. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's another thing to point out is America is lucky. We had a massive had start had Trump listened to his uh, you know all of the reports and it's you know even when it gets to the level of like security uh, his security briefings you know hey um, someone was talking about this the other day too that you know he you know uh, he was getting um, briefed about how China was likely lying about it and that evidence on the ground or maybe like uh, I'm sure like our government had like uh, different messages that they uh, you know you know, uh, monitored or whatever of Chinese officials. I'm sure we're spying on them. So I'm sure our intelligence was aware of the fact that China, you know, wasn't being public about it, but they knew the crisis was worse than they were saying publicly. So that, you know, Trump has been getting these briefings for like two months, but has just been ignoring it. And it's ironic too, because Trump's wanting to blame it on China and call it the China virus or the, you know, people are saying the Kung flu. Well, that's a good thing. At the same time, Trump is not like a, he's not, he's not actually publicly attacking Xi. You know, he's got these weird business and personal financial interests and like with the Trump family's um, uh, copyrights and trademarks Mm -hmm. in China. But it is weird that personally, remember like a month or two ago, Trump was uh, congratulating Xi on uh, a great job (laughs) and saying that she, you know, he he was, you know, it's just like all things with Trump. It's just, you know. It's just buffoonery everywhere, you know? He's just a moron. Well, that's a good segue, I think, uh, of into another uh, title that Democrats should take is like a national uh, political um, slogan is that Democrats should be the party of national security because two things, right? Yes. We know for a fact that the, the Department of Defense and the national security advisors to both Obama and you know Trump have all you know kind of said, probably less so to Trump, but they said global warming is a existential threat for a lot of uh, peoples and countries around the world. Um, and it's certainly for, you know, uh, economies. Um, another thing is what you said is um, Trump isn't reading his presidential briefings, which is strange because we already know that uh, the people who brief him have cut down on how long it is. They've included more pictures and they even reference his name in there all the time. So it keeps his attention. So it's weird that, like, yeah. you know, he's not reading these briefings, even though they're specifically geared toward, you know, his... Uh, his low focus and his uh, short attention right. span. You know, there was that thing that uh, 
what's her name? The old press secretary, Huckabee Sanders. Yeah. She was saying that like one, I think it was, she got asked like, what's something people don't know about the president? And she was saying how much he reads that he just has <laughs> books everywhere. Yeah. And he's always reading. And like she, you know, she said that. It's like, I don't know this for a fact because um, I'm not there and I don't see, I don't monitor Trump, you know, how often he reads. But I know for a fact that is false. That is not true. President Trump does not surprise people with how much reading he does. There is no way I buy that. Well, it's like that guy, Tony Schwartz, right, who wrote The Art of the, the Deal for him and followed <laughs> yeah. him for, what was it, like 18 months or two years or something? Right. He, he said in an interview that he doesn't remember Trump. In, in all that time being around Trump, he does not remember him ever looking at a book, opening a book, having a book around, or talking about a book. Like, he, just right. no evidence of Trump ever reading anything. Yeah. What a lie. <laughs> yeah. That he reads yeah, more so, yeah. than anyone she knows. <laughs> right. And that's so amazing. that's a big thing. With, that's a big thing, taking the national security mantle away from Republicans, like, once and for all. Because it's, it's just such bullshit. Because, you know, look at the track record of, like, presidencies. You know, like, George W. Bush started, like, the Iraq War, which, you know, props to George W. Bush. He might be... Uh, you know, going up in the rankings of successful presidencies thanks to Trump. You know, now uh -huh. that probably this coronavirus response of Trump's uh, outdoes the just disastrous decisions of going into Iraq, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, like props to George W. Bush, I guess you're not the dumbest anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, how was that in our <laughs> interesting national shout interest? out there? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, you know, Trump back uh, betraying the Kurds in Turkey. Uh, how is that good for our national security when they were kind of like our boots on the ground? They were getting us intel. They fought they, ISIS. You know, yeah, they literally, you know, uh, fought ISIS so that we didn't have to send our own troops to the ground, which you would think that's a pretty uh, good thing for national security is not have to, you know, start a new ground war in the Middle East and mm -hmm. Iraq and uh, northern Syria. Um so yeah, national security needs to be taken away. And I actually, I saw another mantle, uh, or I, I was kind of inspired by something I saw the other day. It was talking about how it's such bullshit that Republicans always claim that they're for the blue collar worker and the working man. And it was talking about the differences in the last like several presidents uh, because uh, if you look at the last three Democratic presidents, right, like Jimmy Carter was like a poor, like a dirt poor farmer, right, growing up and really yeah, made Peter his own farmer. progress in life. Yeah, uh, Bill Clinton, like his, his dad died super young. He had like an alcoholic, abusive stepdad. They were pretty poor. They, you know, he didn't come from success. Obama, obviously, uh, moved around all over the you know world, living in Indonesia and stuff. He kind of pulled himself up by the bootstraps and was like the first black president of the Harvard Law Review and everything. Um, so you get actually like all these Democrats who actually like come from poverty and challenge and struggles in life and you know make up make it on their own. But and then now elitist. let's com <laughs> right, they're elitists. But now let's compare it to the past Republicans, right? Uh, Donald Trump is a trust fund baby who inherited so much money and uh, has squandered so much of it that he would have been better off had he not done anything of his own business uh, ideas and just like lived off of the interest from the stocks, you know. Um, but yeah, he's like a trust fund baby born into wealth. You know, he, I got a small 
loan of a million dollars from my dad, you know? In what in what blue collar world is a million dollar loan from your dad that you don't really have to pay back? But it's know? worse than that because that um, expose about his childhood and the money he was getting, right. he had upwards of $400 million by like the year 1970 yeah. or something. Yeah, so yeah, taking him at his word, it's obviously bullshit and he's, uh, you know, inventing the numbers. And plus there's that whole thing where he kind of like swindled his... Uh, his siblings out of like some of their dad's inheritance remember he like famously what was it his his uh, remember his brother died uh and then his brother's kid had some like health condition or something and trump pulled the money and like wouldn't pay for his nephew's health do you remember what you know what uh, i'm talking about no i've not, i haven't read about that okay well there's, yeah i don't know look viewers look into it on your own some uh, independent <laughs> reading but yeah there was there, he was like suing his own family and it was about like taking money from them or something like that and he you know he got bent out of shape and butthurt about it and screwed over his own family mm. um and plus on top of that when all of his casinos were like uh being uh were going bankrupt like his dad would come in and just put in like three million dollars worth of chips and then just walk away and then not play you know so it's essentially like a three million dollar gift um that was when uh, the taj mahal was like hemorrhaging money because trump spent so much money on it that it would have to make a million dollars in profit every day to stay open well yeah and obviously I mean... that didn't happen <laughs> Yeah, that, Trump famously got such a big loan to buy the casinos and then uh, fix them up and make them nicer that he owe, he owed more money than any casino anywhere was earning in profits, and he couldn't have <laughs> yeah. possibly paid it back. Right, yeah. And it's the same thing uh, that Jared Kushner did with uh, 666 Fifth Avenue, I believe, is the property. But like right, in, like right at the cusp of the beginning of the Great Recession, he spent a billion dollars on this massive building that... Uh, I watched a documentary. It's on on Netflix. It's about uh, it's a it's it was an interesting documentary about how Jared Kushner is a slumlord, and basically because he he owed so much debt on that terrible business decision, he started having to like sue all the small time um, like renters of his like crappy properties and like the outskirts of Baltimore and stuff, and just basically swindling people and uh, you know like essentially throwing them into court and stuff over money that they didn't really owe just to get, you know, because they were in such desperate need of liquid cash. Um, so yeah, so Donald Trump obviously is not a blue collar person. And then let's look at George W. Bush, right? The son of a president, <laughs> you know? Yeah. George W. Bush also is third generation rich, right? Wasn't his grandfather like Preston Bush or something? Well, right? his grandfather Wasn't was he? in Congress too, so... Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, wasn't his grandfather also a Nazi sympathizer? <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you remember um, that? I don't. I don't know about that. In Pres Congress, Prescott Bush. I don't think he. Uh, are you thinking of Kennedy's or, yeah, dad, Prescott. who was like the ambassador to England and thought Germany would win? Oh, be a well, good that thing. too. But I think. I think. Uh, I think Bush's grandfather was like building oil refineries in like Nazi-controlled territory in the Middle East or something like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, uh, there were, yeah, there were U.S. oil companies <laughs> kind of skirting. I don't know if Bush's family was related to that, but yeah, for our viewers, it's a fun little fact. Uh, there were American oil companies looking for oil and making deals with the Ottoman Empire <laughs> during World yeah. War I, um, right. uh when we were still at war with them. <laughs> yeah, I think the Koch brothers also were like 
their their father was involved. Maybe that's what I'm, I don't know. We'll uh, do some independent reading viewers. Yeah. <laughs> some juicy things to look up and fact check. But anyway, so yeah, George W. Bush is a uh, like kind of a trust fund baby as well. His dad, you know, the Republican president before him was a uh, obviously, you know, like rich, rich family, vacation homes, all that. Totally not blue collar, although me and you are both kind of fond of uh, George H.W. Bush. And we think he's a better president than his uh, uh, history, uh, kind of his historical legacy kind of uh, has earned himself, you know. Uh, we're, we, I would say we're both pretty, uh, we admire him, right? Yeah. Um, there's a good good book by, uh, John Meacham about him. It was really good read. Um, but, uh, kind of changing gears here. I had a funny idea. Well, real real quick, let's hold that thought. Cause then I also (laughs) wanted to bring up Reagan Uh because before George HW Bush was Reagan, who was exactly that elitist West coast Hollywood, you know, celebrity, you know, that, you know, they, they were always accusing Obama of being some celebrity and, you know, not a real politician, blah, blah, blah. And it's like everything that Republicans say about Democrats is true about them. They're just so good at just, I don't know, maybe just staying on message and repeating the same bullshit over and over until people just take it as kind of fact, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go ahead with the idea that you were saying. Oh, no, I was just thinking uh, uh, for the upcoming election, I think, uh, you know, kind of in the spirit of what we're saying democrats should just take all of republicans old talking points and use them for themselves like i think how great would it be if biden came <laughs> out and made his campaign uh, slogan make america great again and just yeah he should just straight up steal it from trump and just say it <laughs> he should make hilarious. his own hats he should make blue hats that say make america blue hats great again make america great again yeah. that's actually a really good idea i'm gonna write that down for a post yeah <laughs> yeah um, but I think that's totally true. They should do that with pro-life. We're the pro-life party. We don't want people to kill everyone's grandparents by like going back to work while they have coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing is uh, Biden should talk about all the good deals he can make. Because um, if there's one thing about Donald <laughs> right. Trump is, uh, first off, he hasn't made a deal with Israel, hasn't made a deal with Palestine, hasn't made a deal to end the uh, uh, Afghanistan war, hasn't made yeah. any good deals with Iraq about our status of forces agreement yeah. or what we're doing there with uh, you know, North the, Korea. Yeah, North he didn't make Korea, a deal North with deal. Uh, Venezuela. Yeah. He, he hasn't made any good deals with uh, yeah. like our European partners or NATO. In con- yeah, in Congress, we've had how many infrastructure weeks that went nowhere? I mean, <laughs> he couldn't could, repeal Obamacare. Yeah, <laughs> he, he hasn't done any, you know, that he got out of the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership, but hasn't replaced it with any. The only yeah, deal... Donald Trump has literally undone good deals. Yeah. He hasn't made any good deals. Well, he got out of the Iran deal and hasn't done uh, any new deals with Iran. Um Right. It's just been. I mean, every the only thing I guess you can kind of give him credit for is the uh, the new NATO point two or two point You know. Um, right. But again, that's not nearly what he said it was. You know. So if you're being honest about it, it's not the greatest trade deal in the history of the country. It's actually smaller than the original NATO agreement. No, sorry, not NATO, yeah. but the smaller NAFTA agreement. So, I mean, Trump has what, one yeah. deal under his belt that I can see. Um, well, he did the. Uh, the criminal, uh, what was it? The first step, kind of criminal reform, which which that wasn't uh, that was famously a you know a deal that was made possible because Donald Trump did not get involved and didn't yeah. want to put his name on it because he didn't think it was a good idea. So you know the only the only real legislative victory, the major one that he's had, was one that he didn't get involved, and that's probably why it happened at but all. But 
you just said what it really is is a legislative deal. <laughs> he just signed it as president. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Trump said he was going to personally make deals with everyone around the world, make America better off, and that's yet to happen. Yeah, and it actually really goes to show, like with this coronavirus stuff, um, we're kind of lucky that we haven't been attacked by like maybe a, a new terrorist organization in some new country that we then have to go take a military action in because you know his America First policy does not make us any friends. We pushed away our friends. Europe is thinking about making their own military and saying we can't obviously trust America to defend us anymore and we can't trust America to make the right decisions for like global uh, issues and emergencies and problems. And now look at like coronavirus where like Trump was literally trying to bribe Italian doctors or, or German doctors, right? To get them to come to America and get a cure for Americans only. Yeah. You know, like how... <laughs> How is that, you know, at a certain point when you're so pro-America first, you're re it's really not good for America to not have friends anywhere and to ruin all of our ally, all of our alliances and friendships. Well, I mean, what a weird thought, too, because if you figure out a vaccine, in theory, you could have chemical, you know, producing companies all around the world making the vaccine. Why would you ha pay a country to, I mean, with hundreds of thousands of people affected around the world and potentially millions or tens of millions, you're going to patent it here in America and not sell it to anyone else worldwide or give it to anyone? <laughs> yeah. I think it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean... How immoral. I think if any other country came up with a vaccine, they'd share it out for free. Trump, you know, being Trump is trying to make a profit off of a terrible thing. <laughs> right. Um, and that's that's one thing that, you know, it's like, the, what is it, polio, right? The polio vaccine was famously, wasn't that given for free or a dollar or something? And the guy, yeah, the thought, guy who came the guy up, who invented. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah, go the ahead. The guy who came up with it could have made billions in like 1940s money, but he said it would be immoral to, to patent it and keep it for his own profit. Right. I think that's something the Democrats should really look into legislatively is that if you get, you know, because a lot of these vaccines, they get government funding to start because it's not profitable to just go on a wild goose chase trying to figure out, you know, new vaccines, you know, how you're not going to make any profit for years. And that's why you really need uh, kind of like national governmental funding to actually, you know, basically lose money until you find something cool. So I think that's something the Democrats should really hound is like, uh, they should make some kind of thing where if you get any funding at all from the government, that is America, the people's vaccine or treatment or uh, pill or whatever. I think it's stupid that we let so many private companies basically take free money that's, you know, free public money to get started, find it, and have all the business expenses, but then they get to keep all the profits out. Yeah. That's well, it's complicated stop. because you might, like, be working for a national lab with, you know, if you're not 100% funded by the government, you're getting grants from the government, like, NI, you know, National Institute of Health. Um, so you're getting money, taxpayer money from the government, and then a lot of these people, if they find something groundbreaking, they'll split off and start a company and immediately float stock trying to get paid for it. Yeah, right. I mean, to some degree, if you find a new medicine, you know, some of the, the drugs that have been created the last 30 years are like overnight $300 billion companies. You know what I mean? Um, right. So, I mean, the fact that they were getting taxpayer money and then, you know, they split off and just make their own thing and then they take mass amounts of profits and then, you know. And then the CEOs hide all the money in offshore accounts. <laughs> yeah. And they start, you know, incorporating in other countries like yeah, Ireland and Cayman Islands so that they don't even pay taxes. Like all of that. Like same thing with the cruise lines, you know, them getting a bailout despite not paying taxes or following American labor laws. Like all of this has to stop. You know, the next time Democrats take over, 
Uh, actually, that's a good thought experiment. Like, what do you think? Uh, let's say you know Democrats take all of these uh, all of these good branding ideas that we've given them to kind of take back all these bullshit claims that Republicans have claimed for all the time, all these years. Uh, let's say they get power, they take both houses of Congress and uh, the presidency. What would you like to see them kind of prioritize in that first Goldilocks two-year period before a midterm? Oh well, I mean. You've clearly got to put well, – well, first off, it's really easy. You pretty much look at every executive order Trump signed and then just cancel them or reverse them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You got to – I mean they have to immediately fix the EPA, put some of those regulations back that are protecting people in the environment. Um, but, I mean, it, 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 it's almost too much to talk about in a podcast. You know what I mean? I mean, we got to reverse yeah. the cuts on, you know, not complying with the Paris uh, uh, climate deal. You know what I mean? Uh, you have to get out of, uh, um, well, it, it's a whole topic, you know, you could have a whole podcast on. That's true. Maybe we can do that next after this. Yeah. I mean, it's everything from how we treat people, refugees coming to the border. It's how, you know, maybe putting them in concentration camps isn't a good idea. Maybe the, you know, Department of Homeland Security should spend a little more time worrying about national security uh, and focusing on, you know, other external threats than just immigrants coming to the border. You know what I mean? I mean, if we had a better relationship with other countries, let's say Mexico or, you know, Latin American countries where a lot of these people are coming from, like Guatemala, Costa Rica, etc., like... Maybe we could stem some of that, some of those immigrants coming in the first place. Uh, and you certainly don't need to separate, you know, children from their parents. That's a ludicrous idea that makes zero sense, um, and it's just making everything worse down on the border. Um, you, you get into, um, you know, what the Department of Justice is looking at. What are they focusing and spending their time on? Do you do you hide, you know, cases that don't help you politically or make you look bad? Do you stop any investigation into potentially corrupt, um, you know, uh, corrupt uh, actions by federal employees, all, the, you know, from the lowest in government all the way to the president himself? Um, so, yeah, you can, you can make a whole podcast on that. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, any other? Did you have any other ideas written down about uh, the things that Republicans do to Democrats? I love that idea that it's just Joe Biden should just do "Make America Great." No, again. I think that's a great that idea. Would be so funny. I was just imagining in my head, like, what if uh, you know the first presidential debate? Trump is such a cryberry, uh, crybaby, but uh, what if Biden just showed up with a blue MAGA hat? And just said everything Trump said in 2016. I'm gonna make the greatest deals the history's ever. He's like America's been losing for four years. I'm gonna make America win so much you're gonna get tired of winning. He should literally say everything Trump said in the 2016 election. Yeah, that should be his opening statement. Yeah. Just basically trolling Trump <laughs> and making you know. But again, Democrats suffer because Democrats have an aura of responsibility, and they have you know they have a sense of responsibility. Well, they respect so the they, office they, they're running for. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, but Trump yeah. is just saying, yeah, Biden should just get up there and say, hey, the last job report uh, showed like 300,000 people losing their job. But I've heard it could be 20 million. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it, uh, right. I think I've Trump- heard that it's 20. Yeah, I don't think Donald Trump's birth certificate is real. <laughs> yeah. They're so throwing shit like that. 
it's very obvious that he's an orangutan, you know, he's half orangutan, and I'm, I'm, such, I'm sure he might have citizenship down in Borneo. Well, another <laughs> thing he could do is, uh, you know, he could do the classic Trump thing is, and say, people are telling me that Donald Trump is only worth $18,000, stuff like that. People <laughs> yeah, are telling yeah. me. Yeah, He's like, oh, oh, I have looked. people looking into it right now. He goes, I and have the best people looking into it. That would blow your mind. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that would just be hilarious if if Biden just came out straight up troll mode. Um, and and he could go on to like you know everything Republican voters like about Trump. You know, um, mm-hmm. y- you you could say like, oh, Biden just wants to hang out with his grandchildren. He's a great man for you know going and, and taking on all this heat just to help us, kind of stuff. Right. But I mean, <laughs> the uh, it's a potential goldmine of material. Yeah, I really think Democrats really missed an opportunity during the debates to really just hound Trump, you know, make, even go personal, you know, like Trump does. Like somebody who wasn't going to win, you know, I'm sure if like Anthony Weiner or somebody had been up on like that debate stage or something, if he hadn't like, you know, <laughs> royally ruined and wrecked his career. Yeah. Uh, he was someone who would like, you know, like call total bullshit. Because right now, I mean, the biggest bullshit talkers are actual Republicans who are like never Trumpers. You get people like, uh, um, like Bill Crystal. Uh, what's his name? Rick well, here's the something. biggest bullshit: is all those congressmen who were uh, selling their stocks after they got the uh, government report on how bad COVID could be, and and it's not a Republican thing. Some Democrats did it too, but I mean, talk about hypocrisy. So at least Democrats were saying we need to watch out for COVID. The president needs to do more. But what do you say about those right. Republicans who publicly said this is a Democrat hoax? There's not going to be an issue. The Trump administration's taking care of it, and then secretly selling all their stocks so they don't lose money. I know it's that's what I hate. How bad at politics Democrats are. Why is that? Why is like you know? Why is that not being brought up just? every freaking day by somebody you know they're literally i mean you can't write a better opportunity to just call them like un-american assholes yeah um you know who are literally prop you know literally personally profiting off of lying about a pandemic that is going to kill a lot of americans well, here's how, the, how more unpatriotic can you get? Oh, yeah, for sure. I just thought of something else kind of funny is, uh, you know, if when Biden becomes, you know, it, it appears as though Biden's going to get the nomination and be the uh, general election contested against Trump. But, uh, you know, the Republicans are going to scream bloody murder about uh, Biden's son, Hunter Biden. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I think Biden should just get on debate and any questions about his son should just say he's under audit. I'd love to share and talk about it. But you know how these <laughs> things are. You know, what I mean, yeah, like there's nothing that's we funny. can do. It's I'll, I'll tell you right. when I'm done being audited. And that's um, bullshit, too. Why are Democrats not just throwing out? Well, let's look into Ivanka and Jared Kushner and Eric. You know, they all they already have charity fraud. You know, it's like they're they're. Uh, manufacturing this fake uh you know moral outrage at uh uh hunter biden but you know donald trump's children are actually in power have been given uh you know in ivanka and jared's case they're literally getting are they getting taxpayer money i'm not sure if they're actually taking taxpayer money but they are definitely make. i think they made like 82 million dollars well, they're uh, making like a lot of business money. Uh, Ivanka Trump has definitely gotten patents around the world uh, for her own, yeah. tra- not patents, but trademarks um, for her business. Right. Um, but another thing I was reading the other day is how many of Trump's family 
are working for his campaign reelection and taking money from, you know, like if you're a Republican donating money to Trump's campaign, that is going to pay his children who are work who are quote unquote working on the campaign. You know what I mean? Like they're paying for things at Trump uh, business uh, institutions and hotels there. I mean, not even counting the charging of uh, uh, the security. Uh, what, What are the security guards called again? Secret Service? Yeah, yeah. Secret, like, Trump is profiting off the Secret Service staying at Trump hotels when he goes to, like, Mar-a-Lago. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's just literal federal taxpayer money. But if you're a Republican, you have to, like, I hope you realize that, Repu- like, Trump's family is personally taking a lot of that money in payment for, for quote-unquote, working on the campaign, you know? Yeah, and especially, like, the RNC, even people who don't, you're just giving to the Republican Party, you know, and the Republican Party's fundraising efforts. You know, when they go and buy, like, what was it, 10,000 copies or something? Of oh, Donald yeah, Jr.'s of Donald book. Trump Jr.'s book, like, yeah. Yeah, you're literally just funneling people's, you know, like, Republican donations to the Trump family. It's but like that's, a mob boss thing. Yeah. You got to, you know, you, the mob boss needs his cut. Well, that's another thing Biden needs to say every day is, I'm going to drain the, the Trump swamp. I'm going to yeah, drain the Trump swamp. Yeah, they should definitely co-opt that. Yeah. They should totally co-opt the swamp thing. You know what? I actually got I got some messages recently from somebody who, who hated some of my posts uh-huh. and was saying something to the effect of like Donald, you know, Donald Trump is getting so many pedophiles right now. And there's that whole like, um, what do you mean he's getting pedophiles? Like there's that whole conspiracy theory with uh, what's that dude? The ex Jeffrey dude? Jeffrey Epstein. Well, no, well, they throw him in there, but it's that, uh, what's that conspiracy? They have, like, X or something, where it's, like, that secret government guy that knows all these secrets. Ah, um, oh, crap, what, what is that conspiracy? <laughs> you know, they're doing the hand signs and the symbols and stuff, and people are buying into it. Oh, like the white um, nationalist symbols and stuff? No, no, it's not that, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> people out there are probably, like, yelling that they know what it is. Um, but no, um... What were we just talking about? Now I've lost my train of thought. Oh, about how Biden should drain the Trump swamp? Drain the... Oh, no, yeah, yeah. And the, this, this, these, like, hate letters that I get or whatever. And so somebody was talking about, like, there's this whole conspiracy theory that, like, Trump is personally taking down the big global ball of, like, all these rich liberals who are pedophiles. And it has to do with, like, Hillary Clinton's, oh. you know, alleged pedophile ring. And then they're also saying things like Trump stopping a new world order from taking over, which, again, is, like, another conspiracy. And that... uh he was saying that, uh, or somebody was, uh, some random person was, like, writing about how Trump is, uh, like, stopping, the, like, a cabal of, you know, American elitists taking over and enslaving us. And it's like, what about Donald Trump's life or political career, like, suggests that he's doing that? Like, he's, you know, again, he literally wanted to uh, take money of the bailout to himself, you know, Mnuchin, they were going to give him a $500 billion slush a slush fund to give out and not tell anybody any american where the money was going it's like how do people believe that that trump is is fighting this cabal of like super swampy elitists that just you know while he like it's so obvious that he's basically just robbing the country and robbing uh particularly his own party and his own party's uh, fundraiser uh <laughs> you know donors well that's the funny thing is like at the end of the day it's just kind of funny so like you you have hard-working republicans you know middle-class people donating money and at the end of the day all their money went to was not to help republicans get reelected, but so that uh donald trump jr could have a couple more book sales and and get on yeah, the new york so times bestseller a, list yeah bestseller list yeah, yeah. so 
I mean, in the zero sum kind of game of politics, you know, where, you know, any win for someone else is a loss for the other is, uh, you know, it's funny that, well, there's a couple dollars that won't impact the election whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess that's the silver lining to yeah. it, to the, just the blatant fraud. <laughs> uh, well, that's about yeah, 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, you want to yeah. cut it off? Yeah, we'll cut it off. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, once again, we're Brain Milk Podcast in association with the Halfway Post. Check out that website. Um, you know, give me some pennies or fractions of pennies when you click my articles. Uh, you promise you won't buy Donald Trump Jr.'s books with it. Yeah, I, yeah, I promise I won't buy Triggered. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Dash McIntyre. I'm Adrian Pope. And uh, have a great day. Stay safe. Stay in your quarantine. And don't listen to Dr. Donald Trump. Oh, it was QAnon. We looked it up after the fact. QAnon, not X, but that's the conspiracy theory. Check it out, because a lot of, uh, a, a sizable chunk of uh, Trump supporters really buy into it. And it's like this fake guy who pretends he's in the government, I guess. Um, but yeah, he keeps doing all these predictions that, of course, turn out wrong. And he's constantly thinking that like a bunch of, I think, liberal elitists are going to get arrested for pedophilia and fraud and all this, and it never happens. But yeah, QAnon, check it out. A ridiculous conspiracy theory by idiots who think President Donald Trump is uh, not an idiot himself. Um.